He's got a beautiful backswing. Dad! Oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Colby Powell, Sam Humphreys with you this morning. Tyler Williams, a little busy on a Monday. We're going to try to connect with him for a few minutes after the break, see what he thought about Spieth's win. Uh, so we might be able to get him here in just a little bit. Sam, it was a week ago when I sat in this very <laughs> chair and called Jordan Spieth's performance at the 2022 Masters, quote-unquote, the low point. The low point for Jordan Spieth, who missed the cut at Augusta National after a triple and a double on the back nine on Friday. And then he goes to Harbortown for four days, cannot putt, <laughs> wins the golf tournament. And I think, I think it was only fitting that the putt in the playoff, the only putt he had in the playoff, came from inside of a foot that is how you win a golf tournament by striking your way around a golf course. Jordan Spieth, well done, sir. If I would have told you last week that Jordan Spieth was going to ball strike his way to a victory this week, I would have told you you were on drugs. You're crazy. Um, but the thing that no one is talking about in this tournament, Colby, is yes, Jordan Spieth did for the tournament lose over half a shot putting. Now he gained uh, 3.33 shots tee to green and that dominated the field but I think what people are not talking about enough is that in the fourth round Jordan Spieth actually gained almost half a shot to the field putting and Patrick Cantlay lost 1.3 shots putting in the final round so Patrick Cantlay's putting in the final round actually cost him the tournament ironically because I I, I can't remember the last tournament that two guys that tied for first putted so bad. Yeah, it was odd. Jordan's really bad day with the putter was Saturday when he lost 2.94 strokes putting on Saturday, yep. which is just almost unfathomable. But let me ask you this about Cantlay. I don't know how much of it you caught yesterday. It was Easter. Everybody was busy. But it By the seems way, like... let's stop there. It was a roller coaster 30 minutes of sports. I, I, I got to watch about 40 minutes of sports yesterday was it because of all the Easter se- celebration and all that. You had to be on your TV <laughs> remote switching game yesterday, or you had to have the two TV setup, yep. which we did not have. We were out on the back patio at the Geary's house. Now, there was just unbelievable sports going on. Kyrie was putting on an absolute show, and they end up losing the game. And then Jordan Spieth is in the clubhouse at 13 under with three or four other guys with a chance to catch him. It was Beautiful, beautiful Easter TV. Yeah, it was great. And it seemed like those guys were going to catch Spieth, and then Lowry chips it in the water on 14. Yep. The par three makes a double, and, and none of these guys can just really keep it together and, and do what they need to do down the stretch. Now, Cantlay does enough to get into the playoff, but it looked to me like Patrick Cantlay was hitting the old D-cell with the putting stroke. Big backstroke, and then kind of decelerating in. I think He's it was actually... always kind of had that a little bit. He has, but man, it seemed worse to me yesterday. I, I'm trying to remember the hole. I think it was number 14 where he had maybe a six-footer, eight-footer, something like that for par, and he brings the putter so far back yep. and then just creeps it into the back of the ball, and he pulls it. It comes out left. I don't know, man. He just... 
he doesn't look comfortable over the putter right now, and he was in such a groove last summer, and I just don't know what it's going to take for him to get back in that groove. He should have won at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. He doesn't. That starts Scotty Scheffler's big run. Honestly, Cantlay probably should have won the Heritage. He had a great chance to win it in regulation on 18. He had a 13-footer to win it on 18. He missed it a foot to the right of the hole. It wasn't even close. He had like a three-foot little knee knocker coming back just to get into the playoffs. So uh, I'm surprised Cantlay has struggled so much with the putter. Very, very streaky. And I mentioned the final round, uh, Colby. In the first round, he gained a shot on the field putting. In the second round, he gained two shots on the field putting. In the on the weekend is where it cost him the tournament. Lost a shot and a half and uh, almost a shot and a half on Saturday and Sunday. We're all talking about how bad speed putted because it is pretty funny. Um, but, you know, it can't, um, Patrick Cantlay, he cost himself the tournament on the greens. And, and you know, I think that Cantlay has to be kicking himself because he didn't have to play near as good of a round on Sunday as Jordan Speed did. Uh, Kobe, I want to get your thoughts on the swing change with Speed. Now, yeah, we've talked a I lot of some. crap on it. I have some. And it, are you willing to go as far as saying that we were wrong? Or because I'm not. I, I mean, he hit it really good this week. It's the RBC. Yep. But he also missed the cut at the Masters. So, I don't know. I'm not quite there yet. RBC is a very different golf course. RBC is very few drivers. It's not a long golf course. It is a placement position golf course. And Jordan Spieth did a great job of that this week. He gained 1.2 on approach, 1.08 off the tee. So, he hit the ball well this week. But it wasn't, I mean, Cantlay gained almost a full shot more than he did uh, on approach. And off the tee, again, I think that this was a little bit beneficial of a golf course for Jordan Spieth with the way that it's set up. I do want to see some consistency from that golf swing, but I thought what was just more impressive than anything is even a guy who's clearly fighting it and clearly thinking about it, like Jordan Spieth, he's just talented, man. Some guys are just talented and just know how to win. 18 in regulation, Jordan Spieth, who admitted, I mean, he said that he won this tournament without a putter. Uh, You know, he lost strokes for the week, which is tough to do. He's right. I mean, he, he is right, especially Saturday was so brutal. But he still knew how to win. He still knew how to make the one on 18 in regulation whenever he needed it. That kind of put the pressure on the guys coming through behind. Like, they saw his name on the leaderboard, and they're like, all right, I've got to get to 14 to beat him. I've got to get to 13 to tie him. And nobody could do it. Harold Varner third just couldn't get anything to drop. Burned edges the whole back nine. Nine straight pars for Harold Varner. Had to have been excruciating at what was essentially a home game for him this week in South Carolina. Sepp Straka from the middle of the fairway on 18 makes a brutal bogey after he hooks his approach shot left it just Colby, nobody could get it done I don't think we talk about money payouts enough on this show and yesterday was one of those situations where like like that Varner putt that didn't yep. go in on 18 that cost him literally half a million dollars because it was a seven-way tie for third seven-way tie for third so here's the payouts Jordan Spieth wins 1.4 million Patrick Cantlay wins eight hundred and seventy two thousand dollars now Cameron, Cam Davis, J.T. Poston, Matt Kuchar, Lowry Straka, Harold Varner, and Cameron Young all tied for third. Any guesses on what they made? Uh, I actually know what they made okay. because I was <laughs> I was working yesterday yeah. and we posted the purse. But yeah, three hundred thirty k, three hundred thirty thousand dollars. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's a lot of money. That's a dip, but it's a serious. It's dip. a big dip from eight hundred and seventy two thousand dollars. Well, well, also think about it like this: if any one of those guys at twelve hundred par, seven of them, if any one of those guys right. can get one shot better on the day. 
That does not automatically mean they're going to finish third. They can win the playoff and get 1.4. You're right. You you finish one shot better over four days of golf. And then you're in a playoff, and you've got a chance to make 1.1 million more dollars than you made and everything that comes along with it. It was just... It was unbelievable how many guys had a chance to win that golf tournament down the stretch. Eric Van Royen just absolutely collapsed on the back nine on Sunday. Tommy um, Fleetwood with the backdoor top ten. He did with the backdoor top ten. Did you pick him this uh, week? No, I didn't. I did okay, not. I was to, thinking someone picked I him. I had his fellow countryman, Matt Fitzpatrick. Who, That's right. He headed home Friday afternoon to be uh, with family for Easter. Yeah, so, so did Kisner. <laughs> yeah. Big family guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Big family guys, Matty Fitz and uh, Kevin Kisner. I think Taylor had Billy Horschel who should have had a good finish. He ends up shooting even yesterday on what was a pretty easy easy day. His even par Sunday knocked him all the way down to T21 for the event. He ended up at like 82k. So that's a that's yeah. a tough that's a tough Sunday for Horschel. That is tough. Uh do we talk about uh the speed baby shake? <laughs> you mean the Annie baby shake? The Annie baby shake. Hashtag never shake a baby. She aggressively ran onto the 18th green. I mean, yeah, it, it, it was okay. Here's the question: Was there good baby security? I, there was because she's she's running. So part of me thinks that it's great baby security <laughs> to hold the baby that well when you're running. You probably just shouldn't run with the baby. I thought it was good torso security. I thought the torso <laughs> security was phenomenal. I think the other hand should have been wrapped around the top of the head. You know, I'm a new dad, two weeks yeah. old. Well, okay, you say- got to wrap the other hand around the head. You've got to. Say you win, uh, you win podcast of the year again next year, and Dana <laughs> comes running up to give you a hug. Uh, are you saying what are you doing, or or are you saying great baby security, babe? I mean, probably neither because I'm just like super chill and I'm not a worrier. <laughs> like my wife is a hundred percent the worrier. Baby gets a fever last week of like point four degrees. I'm like, ah, she's fine. Dana's freaking out, losing her mind. I'm just, I'm not a worrier. I know everything's gonna be fine, so I probably wouldn't freak out too much. But I'll be honest. There were some pretty good memes that came out of the baby run. The uh, it was like golf Twitter watching Jordan Spieth play in the final round, and golf Twitter's the baby just getting jostled yeah, around by Spieth in the final round. Yeah. He's just—you never know what's going to happen. It's—it could be such a disaster, or it could go so great for Jordan Spieth, and that's what makes him so compelling. And by the way, for a guy who's been in a slump, he had fallen to 20th in the world. I mean, you win one time, he's right back up to 10th. He's a top 10 player in the world. Why? I just, I did not see it coming after we spent the last three months talking about how he's been playing golf swing instead of golf. I just didn't see a win coming. It, I didn't either. Total shocker. It, sometimes something just clicks, though. Easter it, Sunday, by the way, two years in a row for Spieth. Hey, okay, listen to this. Now, Jordan Spieth won the week before the Masters last year. Now he's won the week after the Masters this year. Yep. Does he win the Masters next year? By the way, the Masters next year is on Easter Sunday. It would be three straight (laughs) Easter Sunday victories for Jordan Spieth. That is crazy. Yeah, because Easter bounces around. It's not always the same weekend. So this this year, I guess it was the third weekend in April. Next year, it's the second weekend in April. So yeah, he could go back-to-back-to-back on Easter and have the third one be a green jacket. But that, to me, is a little bit premature speculation when St. Andrews is coming up in just a couple of months where he nearly won. Great track for Jordan Speed. He nearly won the last time they teed it up there. I mean, you can spray it some at St. Andrews. Greens aren't fast. You can kind of be a little aggressive with your putting. Even even Southern Hills. I mean, 
Yeah, I don't. Southern Hills is a long golf course. It is a long golf course. I don't know that I like him so much at Southern. But I will say that he grew up on that sort of grass. I mean, Bermuda fairways and rough and bent grass greens. He has to feel somewhat comfortable on Southern Hills, right? Yeah, I would think so. And it's a place that he's played before whenever he was in college uh, down at Texas. You know, he, he lives close. He lives down in the Dallas area. So I'm sure that he either has or will in the next few weeks make a trip up. I just, uh, again, RBC took driver out of his hands a bunch, and, and it allowed him to kind of place his way around the golf course. I don't know that he's going to be able to do that at Southern. Right. But, man, I, I at St. Andrews, he's going to be on my short list. I really think he will, e- even though he's been kind of fighting it. This is only a second top five or top ten on the tour this year. Finished runner-up yeah. at Pebble. So it's not a lot of high finishes. It's more of an outlier in his season. But a guy like Spieth at St. Andrews, I don't know. It uh, it feels good to me. Something about it just feels right. I, I totally agree with you. And this is just coming out of nowhere. We were totally off the Jordan Speed bandwagon last week, and all of a sudden he wins, and he doesn't even putt good. Yeah. By the way, I mean, last week, one week ago, I sat here and I said 19th and 20th ranked players in the world. Bryson DeChambeau, Jordan Spieth. Both massive question marks. We have no idea where they're headed. Boom. Spieth immediately wins a golf tournament. <laughs> I got to tell just... my buddy. I, I won't say his name, but I got to tell my buddy sorry. What's it rhyme with? It, it, it rhymes with uh, lates. Okay. Or, okay. Or baits. Smust and lates. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, said, he sent me a bunch of guys on this list, right? And, and he goes... I just need your golf picks. And I said, well, here's the here's the thing. Just fade Jordan Speed this week. There's no no Beautiful. way that he plays good. Beautiful. And he played he played good. Swing and a miss. <laughs> Swing and a miss on that one. Yeah, he uh, he was grooving it down those tight fairways all week at Harbortown Golf Links. You can groove it with the Groove It Brush. Grooveitbrush.com, promo code 73rd hole to get 10% off. Patented technology. You put some water in the brush, and then that comes out onto the club face, and you can clean it. Played Prairie Dunes over the weekend, and my Groove It Brush came in very, very handy because the grass at Prairie Dunes was so perfect. Just I taking was. those clean, clean divots. And then little Groove It Brush, wipe it off, good to go for the next one. Grooveitbrush.com, promo code 73rd hole for 10% off. How's Prairie? Prairie is such an immaculate golf course, it's such so an immaculate good. piece of property. It is just everything is green. The greens are perfect, lightning fast. Friday was a lot of fun. Friday, the wind blew about 15 to 20, which is about what you would expect in Kansas in April, but it was like 72 degrees and sunny. So Friday was awesome. Go out, shoot 81, which is, isn't great, but it's not bad either. 81 is just a, a solid round of golf at, uh, at a place like Prairie Dunes. Saturday morning, Sam. So we go, it was a bachelor party. So we go out Friday night, went to a little bar in Hutchinson called the Rusty Needle. It was, okay. a, it was everything you would expect a dive bar in Hutchinson, Kansas called the Rusty Needle Beautiful. to be. It was, it was perfect. Hole-in-the-wall dive bar. So we're out late. We're throwing a few back. It's bachelor party. Alarm goes off at 7 a.m. Saturday morning. We get out to Prairie Dunes. We have a little breakfast. We walk outside. It is 38 degrees when we tee off. The wind is a steady 25 out of the north with gusts into the 30s. It was so cold. 
it was so windy and that course is so hard and it is not designed <laughs> for a north wind it's i i wish that that taylor didn't have scheduling conflicts today so we could talk about around that he and i played one time at karsten creek yeah i didn't think i would ever play in tougher conditions than the day he and i played at karsten creek from the tips with like a 40 mile an hour wind but that day it was like 90 degrees so you could at least feel Don't your hands tell me y'all were playing the tips at no, no, no. We weren't playing the tips. We were playing it one up. Okay. But you couldn't feel your hands, so I was putting around the greens when I should have been chipping, and I was putting poorly around the greens. Fired a nice little 88 on Saturday in freezing cold conditions. And you, what'd you shoot on the good day? Uh, 81. That's good. 81. 81 was solid. 81 that is was solid, solid. Colby. Uh, Saturday, I putted off the green twice at Prairie <laughs> because they had pins near shelves with the north wind blowing it off the green. So one hole I had like 40 feet for birdie. Did you beat your buddies? Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. You and Spieth have something in common. Me you and both Spieth. won without a putter. We did. We both won without a putter. <laughs> yeah, the guy who's getting married, he's probably a 15-ish handicap. He didn't break 100 either day. It was just way too much golf course for him. Uh, but, yeah, it was a blast. I love getting up to Prairie. Uh, I think any future trips to Prairie, I will schedule in July or August. Yep. But I am guaranteed to not be teeing off when it's 38 degrees. Don't tell me you guys walked or anything. No, God, no. Okay. No, no, no. That would have been, no, 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 no. <laughs> That's the only way to make it worse. The The two best things of the entire weekend, the omelets at Prairie Dunes to die for. I'm an omelet guy. Are they elite? Elite, elite, elite omelets. Those? What makes them so good? I don't, it's just they get the eggs to the perfect level where they're not dried out. They, they just the right amount of cheese. It's just, it's a perfect omelet. Love it. And then they have an appetizer called Sausage Bites. They are essentially jalapeno cheddar stuffed little sausage balls okay. with wrapped in bacon. Sausage wrapped in bacon? So good. Jalapeno cheddar stuffed sausage wrapped in bacon. That's beautiful. It was unbelievable. I, I must have had 10 of them after we finished on Saturday. It made the, It made the car ride home a little tricky. That is for beautiful. Sure. Did you make any birdies? Made one birdie the second day, 17. Oh, on the second, on the hard day. Yep, 17 was dead downwind. Dead downwind. 30 miles an hour downwind, northwind. Did north you get there wind. in two? Uh, driver six iron greenside, but I was right. I had to go up the 20-foot cliff, open the 60-degree, flopped it up to like two feet. It was Beautiful. nasty. It was nasty. What, the, the only birdie of the two days. But good <sighs> golf course, I mean, lot that's of fun. top five on my list yeah. of golf courses. What a, what a yeah. golf course. Uh, my, last, uh, my last stat here. As far as Spieth goes, I thought Kyle Porter on Twitter put it really, really well. He said that Spieth started the second round in 32nd place, proceeded to lose three strokes to the field with his putter over the next 54 holes, and somehow won. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how you do that. <laughs> that's I don't perfect. Know how you do he that. put it perfectly. You just, that's, that's called scoring. You know, some people talk about, you know, I didn't play that well today, but I scored really well. Nobody did. And, well, he, I, he didn't get anything out of those rounds. Well, but I, that's what I'm saying. And he still won the golf tournament, though. <laughs> Imagine if he would have putted good. That's what I'm saying. He would have won by 10. Is he? I mean, Saturday, he had full-on yips with the putter. Yeah. And oh, he I still mean, won the golf tournament. I mean, that's that's managing your way around a golf and course. And mentally strong enough to come back on, you know, Saturday. Or, I mean, was it Saturday night or Friday night that he so, missed the two-footer? Saturday night he missed it was an 18 incher on 18 okay. and then so, he came out Sunday and eagled two of the first five holes exactly that's that was gonna be my point is to to be mentally strong enough to come back and play well enough to win the golf tournament after totally screwing yourself on 18 just by not trying by not you know being there mentally on 18 
It's two weeks in a row we've seen guys just totally screw yes. up on an 18th hole. Longhorns. Putting. Yeah, both longhorns. Longhorns. And win the golf tournament. Yeah. The ball's not in the hole until the ball is in the hole, guys. Apparently, they don't coach that at Texas. You don't have to play perfect golf, guys, to play good golf. Do you hear what Spee said about his wife Saturday night? The wives have been in the storylines the last couple of weeks, too, don't for, shake for their the baby. support. <laughs> nope, that's not what she said. Uh, don't think they got that pamphlet when they left the hospital. Uh, <laughs> so, Speed said that his wife never, ever gives him advice on his actual golf. Yeah. But Saturday night, he said that she told him, listen. It's a slippery, slippery you, slope. Yep, yeah, it is. Ask Lucas it Glover. Is. But Saturday night, she gave him a tip. She said, Jordan. I think when you miss your first putt, you need to take five seconds before you hit the tap in. And he did. He said all day Sunday, he thought about that. When he missed a putt, he thought about just take five seconds, take a quick breather, line it up, and hit it. Because he would get so frustrated whenever he misses like a 10-footer, he walks up to kick it in, and he's not focused. And over the last month, he's missed... He missed a good number of putts in like the two foot range over the last month, which she is was remarkable. Tired of yeah. watching it. Yeah, you, you want to know why? Because she reads the purse blogs on Monday yep. morning, and she knows the difference. She was sick of it. She knows the difference between getting in that playoff and winning the golf tournament. Would you take your time, yes. Jordan? Yes, absolutely. Uh, so great win. Up. We need to pull up the Jordan Belfort quote. Right, right. Come on, Jordan. Right. Um, yeah, so great golf from Jordan Spieth. Great win. Zurich Classic this week. Uh, we'll have that preview show coming up probably on Wednesday as we dive into some of those teams. But, Sam, the Oklahoma Sooners get it done in a big way. Fifth win of the season ties the school record, and they get it done uh, going into the final round. They were trailing Arizona State, and Oklahoma State was within one shot of them, and OU goes out and gets it done with a great final round. They win by five. Very, very impressive stuff from the Oklahoma Sooners, the number one team in the country. Absolutely. I mean, they were down by two as a team headed into the final round um, on Arizona State's, one of Arizona State's home courses, and ASU's lead grew to four uh, on the front nine, but you know, got her up and uh, Logan McAllister, the All-Americans for OU, both birdied number nine and kind of gave them the spark uh, headed into the back nine. I thought Stephen Campbell Jr. Um, was a huge key for OU winning that golf tournament. He probably had his best tournament of the year. And I thought that um, kind of under-the-radar uh, thing for OU was that Vinny, the cross-handed bandit, Patrick Welch, uh, he had a great comeback in the final round. He shot 73-76 and then came back with a 78, uh, and they were able to drop a uh, – with a 68, excuse me. <laughs> I, I was going to say, wait, he came back with a 78? I thought but, you said he bounced well, back. Yeah, yeah, he shot 68 in the final round. Um, and, and what I was about to say was – you know, they, they were able to drop a 73 because of his 68 in the final round. So and they win by five. Even though he tied for 52nd, he really won them the golf tournament with that 68. Um, that, that, you know. That's depth. That's why you've got to have depth so that guys can have bad days and you can still win golf tournaments. Exactly. But we talk about depth, Colby. Now, OSU had two guys tie for 17th place, and – they weren't even in the top five. Yeah. I mean, they had a rough final day. The, the deal with OSU, number one, is Chikara just had his worst tournament of the year. But Chikara, by the way, side note, Chikara is coming back to school. I think yep. we talked about it on the podcast. I, I I can't remember if that was the radio show. My or the days podcast. have been running together for but a couple of weeks now. So <laughs> What a surprise that was. Um, but he had a really tough tournament. Amon Gupta shot 65. Very streaky player. What did he shoot in the second round? 78, I yeah, think. Very streaky player. Very, very streaky player. You know, I, I think that OSU has to figure out 
what are you going to do with a guy like Bojan? Very, very streaky in in his own right. You know, Jonas Bumgarner, you know, Brian Stark hasn't played as well as he has last year. They're very, very deep and very, very talented. I would just say OU is more consistent right now. I think so, too. It's For Oklahoma State, I could totally envision a scenario in which they either barely miss out on match play at Greyhawk or get bounced in the first round of match play. I could also see a scenario where they go on a heater and win the national championship yep. because we've seen them, what was it, a few weeks ago, they, they won a tournament by like 30 shots somewhere with, yeah. with the elite no, teams right. in the country there. Right. So And then this week, they finished just outside the top five. They're a very streaky golf team, and, and that can lend itself to some highs and lows and some roller coaster finishes. And you, you kind of just hope that on the right weeks, they put it together, uh, and we can get OU and OSU both contending for a national championship. Yeah, most of the time, if you had two guys individually finish 17th in the golf tournament, you would think that they would play in the next tournament, but the next tournament, obviously, is going to be the Big 12 championship. Now... OSU is in a little bit of a predicament because their five bag finished best on the team, tied for ninth. That's Neergard Peterson. He shot 67, 70, 68. That's a solid round from him. And then their one bag, Gupta, uh, you know, he finished uh, tied for 22nd, but had the terrible last round. Uh, Brian Stark, 71s across the board, tied for 27th. Um, Bo Jin, tied for 30. Tied for 32nd. Uh, By the he, way, Bo Jin, also a uh, fellow lover of the sausage bites at Prairie Dudes. Really? Apparently last year at the Big 12s, before he went out and uh, played some great golf, he crushed about four orders. That's really? what my buddy was telling me. He hosted the OSU golf team last year, and he said that uh, they had dinner, and Bo Jin just obliterated sausage bites all night long. And they won. Yep. Shout um, out Prairie. And then Chikara, like I said, 72, 69, 74. His worst tournament uh, of the year, really. Um, but... What do you do about the two kind of the two individuals? I mean, like it, my deal is they have so much good play every week, but it seems like you know where was it a couple of weeks ago was the only time they it was all clicking on the same week. Yeah, it's kind of you know Bratton putting his lineup together. It's the coach's version of a hit and hope. You know, yeah. there's certain shots where you just hit and hope. That's kind of what Bratton's doing, filling out his lineup. You, you hit and hope. You just you See, need guys I, to I, play well. But honestly. I kind of like Bo Jin still going into Greyhawk because he was so good at Greyhawk last year. Now, he was playing great golf right, in say, general last year. Let's say but, you put Leo Oyo or I, – I, I don't think he, Leo Oyo is going to be in the lineup, but I, I think that you could put Jonas Baumgartner in that lineup. But who do you take out? I don't know. Okay, and then I don't know. what if you play one of them at Big 12s down in uh, Trinity, Texas? Yep, with Spring Pines coming up play, next week. But what happens if they play well? Finish, like, top five in the golf tournament. You can't take them out for regionals, say they play well in regionals, and then you want to put Bo Jim back in the lineup for nationals. I know you get a sub in regionals and nationals, yeah. but... I yeah. mean, oh, you just, took advantage of that last year as they were trying to, to get some guys in and out who were slumping and playing well. It's tough. Uh, it and, is. And my deal with OSU also is their road's not getting any easier. I mean, Texas is, you know, playing the best they've played. Well, they've got the Cooties back. All year. Yeah, Pe yeah. Pearson Cootie is back. That, that was going to be my point. And Cole Hammer's playing really solid golf. Did you see Cole Hammer's new endorsement deal, by the way? I didn't. Brady brand golf. What is that? Tom Brady. Oh. Launching Brady wow. brand golf, which I've got a couple of thoughts. Number one. Why is it called Tom, why is it called Brady Brand Golf and not TB12 Golf? That doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> Number 2, the photo shoot that they did with Tom Brady, Cole Hammer and there was one other college kid that was in the photo shoot with them. It is the cheesiest 
like generic stock golf pictures. Also, all of the attire, the clothes are the most bland, basic. It's just like gray with the tiniest logo, khaki with no logo. It's just the most bland, generic stuff I think I've ever seen. Uh, but good for golf. Brady Hammer. Brand Golf. Brady take Brand a, Golf. Take a suck of that, Chuck. Yeah, take a suck of that, Chuck. <laughs> for like $195, you could get yourself a very bland golf jacket. I might have to get one. <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll see. We'll see once it's all launched what uh, some of the designs look like. But, yeah, just my point back to OSU real quick. You know, their road's not getting any easier. Texas is playing great. Um, Baylor even played pretty solid uh, in this tournament, and it was a stacked field. I just think that, you know, it, OSU needs to put it all together, and I don't want – like, if I had to bet on it, I'm saying OU's way more consistent. I have to put my money on OU right now to make match play before OSU makes match play. Yeah, that's just because of the inconsistencies Oklahoma State has shown. Uh, but it's still, I mean, you look at probably the top five contenders right now. It's probably OU, OSU, Texas, Pepperdine, and I'm, who else do you want to throw in Arizona there? State. Arizona State, yeah. Arkansas. I Arizona mean, Arkansas's State played, Arkansas, yeah. Arkansas's played some good golf, so those are probably your top contenders right now. Yeah, and then the other thing coming out of college golf was the uh, Ben Hogan Award uh, semifinalists were announced. Uh, you know, Chikara from o- OSU, uh, Ludwig Aberg, who finished sec- uh, sixth in that tournament this past week, Sam Bennett, who has been one of the most consistent players in college golf from Texas A&M, Pearson Cootie of Texas, uh, Oklahoma's Chris Goddard and Logan McAllister are both on that list. Cole Hammer also from Texas, RJ Mankey from Washington, uh, Trent Phillips from Georgia, and Michael Torbjornson of Stanford uh, yeah. round out that top ten for the semifinalists for the Ben Hogan Award. T- two snubs for me, by yep. the way, on that list. Austin Number one, Greaser has to be on that Austin list. Austin Greaser yep. from North Carolina. I, that one was a shocker to me. Also, this could have been based on when they voted, because I'm not sure when they voted for this award. Bring up Menante. Dylan Menante from yeah. Pepperdine won the Augusta Haskins Invitational. What yeah. was, it? was it Augusta? I can't remember. He won the, he won the week before the Western. No, Actually he won the Valspar. He won the Valspar Collegiate Invitational. Uh, and then the very next time he teed it up was at, at Pass Tiempo last week at the yep. Western Intercollegiate. And he won the Western Intercollegiate. Maybe they voted before those Don't events were Don't forget about making the Palmer Cup. And he won the Northeast Sam yes. last summer. And the three, Western Three wins this year. Yeah. Including the Western, which is one of the premier events in college golf. That's tough. So I'm assuming they voted before that event was played. Had to have. Yeah, but it, so on this Ben Hogan Award list, like, does it really like? I know it matters, but like, it, only one guy's going to win it. Correct. Only one guy's going to win it. And, and Dylan wasn't probably going to win it. Probably not. But I mean, you never know. What if he goes out and wins the Pac or not the Pac twelves, whatever the way, yes. the WCCs, and then wins <laughs> regionals and then wins nationals? You yeah. just you never know. Right. So um, yeah, that one was a little bit of a snub, but it's probably based on the timing uh, of when the voting took place. Why don't we take a break, come back on the other side. I do want to get a little bit more into a couple of guys declining, essentially, Corn Ferry Tour cards to come back to college, uh, and then talk about a few other things on the other side of the break as well. Uh, we'll see where, where Taylor's at in the state of Oklahoma in the wide, wide world of golf uh, and see if we can get him on the phone for a few minutes. Right now? Uh, that's a great question. He might be playing some golf out in the wind. It's uh, been cold and windy every day for a few, so we'll take a break, come back on the other side, stay with us here on the 73rd Hall, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. 
McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McRae Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof. It is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at McRaeRoofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y Roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McRae Roofing for your free inspection today. here on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Right now, before you forget, head over to GolfOklahoma.org. Check them out. Make sure you subscribe so that you can get all of the latest information on the golf being played in the state of Oklahoma. Oklahoma is one of the elite golf states in the entire country. You need to check it out. GolfOklahoma.org is where you can get all of the best info, including... Sam, some junior golf, great junior Absolutely. golf played in this state, and there was some great junior golf uh, played since we last recorded a pod. At the last uh, Edmund North, uh, what do they call it? The Edmund North Invitational, I think, Is over there called? at uh, Lincoln West. Uh, Jake Hopper of Norman North and Ryder Cowan of OCS had a heck of a battle. They both shot 68 in the first round. Jake Hopper got the better of him. Uh, this one, he shot a 63 in the second round, and Ryder Cowan came in with a lousy 64 in, 64? The sec- in the second round. What, was he slumping with the putter or something? <laughs> Imagine that, 68-63 and 68-64. Imagine going 68-64 and not winning the golf tournament. Oh, my gosh. I'd be well, sick. Imagine that. So I have a little story to tell. Oh, about, I love a good story. About Edmund North Invitational back my senior year, I shot eight under for the tournament back in the day, back when I was good. How many did you lose by? Uh, no, well, I hugged my dad on 18. I thought I won. And oh, obviously, no. you're not playing with the winners. Uh, and, you know, I get in, and Brad Dalkey shoots 72-61. Oh! And, no, yeah, yeah. And then uh, Drew Eisen also came in and tied Brad, so I finished third. And I hugged wow. my dad thinking I won the golf wow. tournament. Wow, that's, uh, <laughs> Brad, that's brutal. When Brad and I lived together, he loved to give tell that story and give me crap about that. Um, but I mentioned Drew Eisen, and on GolfOklahoma.org, you can also read the story that I wrote on uh, Scotty Scheffler, and I thought it was a pretty interesting story um, over, you know, the past, from 2019 um, until Scotty got married, like, late 2020, uh, they lived together in this house in Dallas, and some of the stories they tell in this story about them living together. And just the main thing I'll say on the podcast is it's pretty interesting because this surprised no one, especially in that house, because Scotty Scheffler went through this torrid run in uh, during COVID when they were all just playing together. He shot in the matter of three weeks, shot a 60, a 59, and then he shot a 59 where he didn't even realize he shot 59 until they were adding up the money on the way home. Yeah, sometimes I don't realize when I've made my 59th stroke in a round either. <laughs> Usually because it comes on like number 14. So, Unbelievable, yeah, I don't but, always realize when I'm at 59 either. But a pretty cool story. My biggest takeaway from it was the fact that every single one of those guys 
I mean, you know, sometimes when you live with guys, you kind of get tired of them. They had nothing but great things to say about Scotty Scheffler. So he seems like a great, great, you know, player and person to root for, even though he's a Longhorn, like Drew Eisen said exactly. at the end of the article. Exactly. So why don't we go now to the hotline and welcome in the Busy Bee, Taylor Williams. Taylor Williams, Jordan Spieth, elite putter. He's back. Uh, second top five of the season. Just don't get him inside three feet on the 18th hole. Jordan Spieth hoisting a trophy after we've all uh, been talking bad about his pre-shot routine for the last few months. What did you think of the golf yesterday? I mean, guys, he's kind of making us kind of look stupid. I mean, we've been criticizing his swing and his ball striking for, it seems like, six months now, and he seems to be turned into one of the best iron players in the world here lately. It's truly unbelievable for him to not even just win the tournament, but have a chance to win the tournament. But the way his putter was all week, I mean, everyone's going to focus on the putt that he had on 18 on Saturday. But, I mean, guys, at the end of the day, I mean, he just did not make putts at all. All week he lost, almost, I think, .7 strokes on the week putting. I mean, you never see that from anyone who's within really the top five of the leaderboard. So, I mean, it seems like, guys, that that, that pre-shot routine that we keep making fun of sure is starting to work for him. Now, T-Dub, I got to ask you, I asked Colby this, are you ready to say that we were completely wrong about Jordan Spieth and, and the whole swing change? Are you ready to say that he was right? Or are you going to tend to agree with me and say, you know, let's let's push the brakes a little bit. It was the RBC. Uh, let's see what he does leading up like to Southern Hills. And, and I think that Colby and I agree that he'll have a pretty good tournament at the British Open. Yeah, I, I agree with you guys, especially on the British Open. He always plays well over there, really almost plays as well in the Open Championship as he does at, at Augusta traditionally. But that's why, I'm, go, I'm go, guys, I'm going to definitely stick with where you're at, Sam, and him towards the let's wait and see because he just came off missing the cut at Augusta. He had never done that before at a place that he loves. And, and I think he even said uh, yesterday after his round, it's his favorite tournament uh, that he plays all year, and rightfully so with the amount of money and success he's had there. So, I'm definitely putting the brakes on a little bit. If there is somehow by the grace of God that, that he ends up contending and winning at Southern Hills and completes the Grand Slam, going to be the sixth player all time to do that, then I'll then I'll start definitely going off that trend or maybe we even just see top five, top ten in some majors. But, but yeah, guys, I mean, even watching it yesterday for a little bit, I mean, it seemed like that obviously Keith played, played good down the stretch and made some birdies had the two eagles on the front. But so many guys around him just started to fall apart. Van Royen, uh, Barner wasn't able to get anything going. Obviously, Shane Lowry on 14 to part three makes double. It's the second shot in the water of all things. So, yep. and, and then, I mean, let, I mean, let's just get on Cantlay as well. I mean, he's quietly. Uh, let's not so, get on Cantlay. <laughs> Taylor must be between Rush Springs and Marlowe. I, I don't know if you're between Taylor, Rush Springs and Marlowe. Taylor, where are you right Taylor. now? I am on the turnpike as we speak, so yeah, I think I just went under number five. <laughs> okay, you were you were just saying, uh, and I want to say something about Cantlay too. So so say whatever you wanted to say about Cantlay. Yeah, so I'll just say that yeah, I mean he he was over two on playoffs this year, lost to uh, Scotty at the waste management and lost to Steve at uh, at yesterday at RBC, and he had what a ten footer guys on eighteen to win it outright. Obviously, Bernie seventeen, so that was clutch. Hit it but, way uh, too yeah, hard for that line. Oh, I mean, he, he just smoked it. And, and Mark Elliman was say, said he was on the line and said that he just shoved it to the right. And, and that's what happens sometimes, right, guys, whenever you're the trying to hit Mark a putt too hard to make sure you get it there. <laughs> I mean, you just, just jab there. Yeah, the great Mark Elliman. So, so I, mean, I, mean, I mean, you know, yesterday, Sam, we were talking on the radio show about the, the best players to not win a major and, and what guys have the best chance to do it. 
and I was leaning on, on the Cantlay side, but and I, I don't want to be be rush here and over exaggerate what I saw in the whole tournament, but you know, I mean, two straight times now where he's had great chances at waste management and here to, to make plus on eighteen and to keep it going in the playoff and and didn't get it done. The, the second shot he had in the playoff was one of the worst shots I ever seen. Completely misjudged the club. Yep. And, and look like he knew. Guys, I'm a little bit worried about Cantley. I know he's got the 15 million that he made last year, but what I've seen the last couple months this year, I'm a little worried about. Him. Yeah, I mean, he still he was close at Waste Management Phoenix Open. He was close at the RBC, so I don't think his game's real far off. But something I talked to Sam about earlier, Taylor, he's always kind of had the big backstroke with the putter. But yesterday, I felt like it was a legitimate decel. I felt and, like he was decelling into the back of the ball. And, and for me to add to that, uh, so I can get T Dub's thoughts on this. I mean, just sneakily, he had the worst putting week of anybody in the top 10 even worse than Jordan Spieth on the weekend T-Dub he lost 0.13 and 0.56 on the weekend on the green yeah, so I mean it, it's very similar to uh to kind of Cam Smith at the Masters right you know he's always been a little across the line and he's always had a shut close to the top but at the Masters the final round in particular just got way exaggerated right and I think that's what we saw the last couple of days from Cantley you know he had the lead after 36 holes and, and I, I do agree with you, Colby. I think that he's always – that's always been his trademark, right? It's kind of a – you know, the, the old school method of, of teaching putting was you want to do 40% back, 60% through. As you want your further stroke to go further than your backstroke does. And, and that's kind of changed over the last probably five to ten years in particular, Cantley being one of those reasons. But, yeah, I mean, he had – even on the – even on the uh, – Underpass. I think he was going to say even on the uh, putting regulation on 18. Yeah. Is that what you were going to say, Taylor, even on the putting regulation? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, the putting regulation. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, not, uh, yeah the, one, the one in the playoff, it plugged in the bumper so you didn't have a chance there. But, yeah, the 18 incher, I mean, he took it far enough back that he made footer. So, I mean, he had to do he had to do a little bit of detailing there and the 10-footer he had to win. He took it far enough back then, I think, about a 30-footer. So, and yeah, I, I'm definitely a little concerned about the big backstroke. Hey, I screwed that up. I It was actually 1.3 and 1.56. I think I said 0.3 and 0.56. Yeah. Yeah, so it was even, worse. Sort of, it was even yeah. worse than I just said. Yeah, which, uh, yeah. which is wrong. Almost, almost, of, of, almost a total of minus three on the weekend. So, like that, it, that is, even with how bad Steve putted on Saturday, missing the 18-incher uh, on 18, uh, can't lay by far out of worse putting week, which is crazy. Thanks. So, T-Dub, what are Jordan Spieth's chances at Southern Hills? And it's, you know, guys, this is the conundrum I get in because it's, I, I see what I saw yesterday, and I think, well, his iron play is going to be able to get him around. And, you know, one thing we mentioned, guys, is that was chipping, and I believe he gained more than a stroke around the green this week. So I know he holds the bunker shot out on two and did some other things, but nevertheless, seems like he's got the short game working. So those are all things that translate well to Southern. I just, you, you list off the five names of guys that have won the career grand slam. You got Sarazen, Hogan, Gary Player, Jack, and Tiger. And I, I just, it's not to speak in that category yet. I, I, I can't do it. I mean, maybe he'll get it five years down the line, maybe two or three. But it, it's just way too young in his career to think that he's going to be one of the six players to have the career going. So I just can't picture it at this point, guys. I can't picture it either, but. I can picture Jordan Spieth at his best on that list. I think he would be the streakiest player on that list. Do you agree? I would say, I, whenever you talk about someone at their best, right? I mean, I, I think your, your dad, the hump man, said it best last week when he was at Augusta. He was sitting next to, I believe it was Dustin Johnson. I can't remember the other player, but 
he's like these guys aren't even in the same world. Yeah, but I will say the other guys in the RBC weren't in the same world as Jordan Speed ball striking wise this week, which is crazy. Yeah, and and you know on that front, I'll just say it's very similar to the week before the Masters. I don't know what to expect the week after. I mean, I I could have told you Cam Smith wasn't going to make the cut. I mean, that was yeah, could have seen that come from a mile away. And, and and Dustin Johnson didn't have his best stuff either. But but nevertheless, when you talk about someone at their best, I mean, but you can tell a lot of guys in that category, right? I mean, Rory at his best, I think, is better than Spieth at his best. And and but but Rory's still lacking the uh, the green jacket. Yep. And then you throw some other guys. I think DJ at his best is better than Spieth at his best. I think Correct. JT at his best is better than Spieth at his best. So I don't know. It's, I agree. <laughs> excuse me. It's, it's hard for me to say. That that Spieth best belongs in that top the Grand Slam category. When I think of other guys in this era, and I say, well, I think their best is better than Spieth's best. So I think that's one of the reasons why Spark me in the vision. And we just we went on a streak of what was it, guys, four and a half, five years? I think was it four years where Spieth didn't win a tournament. It's like you don't expect one of the greats of the game to do that. That, that just doesn't happen. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to get your thoughts on one more thing, Taylor, before we let you go. Uh, Dylan Fratelli yesterday. Sam and I have not gotten into this yet. We were just fixing to after we let you go. So I want to get your thoughts first. His ball gets caught up in some moss hanging down from a tree just above head height. He stands behind it, whacks it forward with his driver into the fairway, gets it up and down from there for what would have been a four since he stood behind the ball technically in line with the line of the shot and hit it. He was assessed a two-stroke penalty, ends up taking a double bogey on the hole. What were your thoughts on Fratelli uh, hitting the ball out of the tree like that and the assessment of the penalty via that rule? You know, Colby, any, almost any time now that I see a rule discrepancy, because most of the time when, when rules make the news, it's because everyone's like, are you serious? Like, like, why is this happening? And, you know, I think you brought it up brilliantly a couple weeks ago where you're just like, can we not just have like a like a, a clause in the rules that just says, "Hey, common sense takes over at some point," and we we go off that? And that's immediately what I think of when I saw this. I mean, I, I saw the I saw the video afterwards, and, and I thought, "Man, that was a hell of a shot!" I didn't even realize he got penalized after. It. And then I realized that, and I say, "Oh my God, are you kidding me?" So, <laughs> for my understanding, I feel like that that rule was implemented to not hit in line with the ball because that's what Sam Snead did the on old the old Sam Snead putting stroke, yeah. The, the old the old five style and yep. I I think that at the end of the day it's that's one of those rules we have so many rules to where you have different things that take place on the green and off the green and I feel like this is this is a perfect example of one of those I mean I don't I don't feel that what I mean it's all really stuck in a tree I mean how much <laughs> advantage can you can you get off of that break no matter what you do I mean literally besides getting a chainsaw and cutting the tree down I mean what are you going to do to better yourself that much so. I mean, guys, y'all can get into it a little bit more. I, I just I feel like that it's just another example of the rules of golf being stupid. And there's and, and this this will be one of the things I say about it too. Why are these things two stroke penalties? Why is it not just one? <coughs> costing people so much money, FedEx points, everything? We're just being ridiculous. I, and I've never understood that why things are always two strokes instead of one stroke. It just makes no sense. That's something I didn't consider. That's a good point. Taylor, we appreciate you taking a few minutes uh, to join us on your busy, busy Monday. We will catch up with you later in the week. We'll preview the Zurich Classic. All right, boys. Appreciate y'all. Thanks for holding the fort there. Love you, T-Dub. All right. So, Taylor will be joining us for the Zurich Classic preview later in the week. Somebody said there at the end really piqued my interest. Why is it a two-shot penalty instead of one? 
it should well, be why, a zero shot penalty are, what he did yesterday. Okay, so first off, I thought it was the correct implementation of the rule, obviously, because he stood but, in line. But hold on. Is it? Okay. Yes. Here's my thing. I get it. I get it. I, I understand what you're saying. But the rule was implemented for Sam Snead's putting stroke when yes. he was straddling the line, and then he had to move to side saddle, okay? Right. Because they don't want you standing on either side right. of the ball when but you're putting me, and creating a natural pendulum. To me, that should only apply when the ball is on the ground. Because you're not gaining an advantage if the ball's in the tree. You're just trying to hit the ball. You know what I think it is? Like, the I don't, line I don't should think be that, on the ground. I don't think that they ever factored in that a guy might be hitting the ball out of a tree over his head one day. Yeah. I, I just, I think that they just looked at the situation Look, with the putting, and they implemented a rule but, because they, they wanted to outlaw that. And his ball, it was a quirky deal, man. It's, two things it's something we might this. never see again in our lives. I get it, but two things bother me about this. I hate when the game of golf does this to players. They hurt their own players. The, the rules official was standing 15 feet away and thought everything was fine until there was some video from right behind him that showed him straddling the line. But to me, the line should be on the ground, right? Because he's not gaining an advantage by hitting a ball out of a tree. Uh, I think I think it's easier to hit that ball straighter standing behind it than it would be standing to the side. Yeah, but what I'm saying is he's hitting a driver over his head, Colby. Like I, I feel like if he stood an inch to the left, it, it would have been the exact same result. Um, I mean, it very well may have been. I just, again, I don't think they ever considered guys hitting balls out of trees whenever they were making this rule and. I mean, this is just something. This is just something that I don't know that we'll ever see again. I I don't think it's worthy of a rule change because, I I mean, just stand to the side of the ball. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Is the easy fix is the line is on the ground. If the ball's in the air, you can do whatever you want. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess that would still apply if the ball was like above your feet or anything. Yeah, on the ground. Yeah. So just make a rule for for trees, essentially. Just add like if the ball is in a tree then you can hit it however you would please. Yeah. I don't know, though, because still, golf golf's meant to be played from beside the ball, not behind the ball. So, like, what if a guy what if a guy's standing behind the ball and it's on okay. the 18th hole here's another and he's, question and he's I have. able to advance it onto the green? Because Fratelli wasn't in but, the tournament. But so here's that, another question I have about it. Okay. Is technically, from that line to the hole, he was standing beside the ball. He just had the club face flip sideways so when say a guy you know shanks one straight sideways was he technically behind the ball well no because he was intending to hit the ball yeah but was Fratelli intending to hit it right on that line he was just trying to hit it out of the tree he he was into I mean again he didn't know the rule but he was standing behind it he brought the club back toward his face and then went straight out I mean he was trying to do that I got it but what I'm saying is he didn't know that that ball was going to go straight like Dead, right? Just, He's just trying to hit it out of the tree. Basically, like, I think it sucks for Dylan Fratelli that he got penalized, but I also think that... It's one of the coolest fours of all time. Yes. I also think that Golf Twitter overreacted to what is a very niche rule that we may never see again. No, but I don't think it's overreacting because this is why people are so... Com- the pros are confused about the rules of golf. That should not happen. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, again, some of the rules that we talk about on this show... Are like, obvious. Like the this Paul, one like, is not as obvious. Like, I'll give you that. Like the Paul Casey rule at uh, at sixteen at Sawgrass, where That's he ends obvious. up in somebody else's plugged ball. Yeah. That is so obviously so stupid that he has to hit that. Yeah. This is just so off the beaten path right. that like, I look. I don't blame Fratelli for not knowing the rule. 
but I don't blame the rule for existing because I, I do understand the idea of not wanting a guy to gain an advantage from standing directly behind the ball in line with where he's hitting. I think part of it was that golf Twitter was just wanting him to get that four. Because Probably. Because it was a heck of a because, And it was cool. It was really cool. It I mean, he awesome. stood behind it. He whacked it out of the tree. He honestly controlled the distance pretty well to lay it up into the fairway and then got up and down with a wedge. So how, it was very on. cool. I, I'm going to look up how much money that actually cost. It was just, a, oh, you sure you want to do that? Because that, uh, that's going to stay. I actually don't know where he was on the leaderboard. <laughs> I don't know where he was anywhere. This is a good time, though, for me to remind everyone to go see our good friends at Ring Family Dentistry. Ring Family Dentistry, uh, they take care of you in more ways than just one. They go out of their way to ensure all treatment is as comfortable as possible. Leading-edge technology, delivering same-day crowns for more than 20 years. Implants, clear aligner, orthodontics, all decisions are made by the patient. They have a simple philosophy. Work with what you have. Save what you can and replace what you can't. Some dentists can overtreat. They will never do that. They will only have done what you absolutely need. If they can't show why treatment is needed, they will not prescribe it. They explain their opinion, answer any questions, and ultimately leave all decisions to the patient. Ring family dentistry. I don't feel that bad anymore because it only costs him a little less than $2,000. Okay, so he was way down the leaderboard there. Yes. Okay, so that at least takes a little bit of the sting out. Yep. It basically just robbed him of the cool par highlight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Essentially. He still had it. Yeah, and it made him a big talking point <laughs> yeah, in the game of golf. Exactly. It got him a bunch of headlines, a bunch of pub. Uh, all pubs, good pub. Another Longhorn. I was thinking to say, we're, we're on a Longhorn theme these last couple of weeks. Yeah. We got Cole Hammer with Brady Brand. The Cooties had the big is tournament that, last week. Is that like a good omen or a bad omen for Texas at Big 12s? Uh, that's a good question. That's a good question. Hopefully they don't build a 28-3 lead. Wait, <laughs> if they're with Brady Brand, how does that work? Does that give them an advantage if they're behind by 28 shots going into the third round? How does that work? <laughs> they were, last time they teed it up, they were ahead by like 28 shots down in Augusta. They were. They just absolutely lit it up that week. Uh, all right. PGA Tour U. Mm-hmm. Sam, we had two guys last week. Eugenio Lopez Chicara, uh, Chicara Lopez, Lopez Chicara Lopez from Chikara, Oklahoma State. Yep, yep. He, third in the PGA Tour U rankings, decides to forego the Corn Ferry Tour card, the Corn Ferry Tour finals, and the automatic automatic exemption onto an international tour next season for being in the top five of PGA Tour U. And it was shocking. It was crazy because in a world of professionals and portals, a guy comes back for a fifth year. I was like, oh my gosh, this never happens. And then two days later, Sam Bennett, who had spent almost all year at number one in PGA Tour U, just last week dropped down to number two. He decides to come back to Texas A&M for another season. I was equally as shocked by both of these. Obviously good for them. Do what you think is best for you. It's just the shock factor for me was pretty close to 10 out of 10. I was shocked initially, but then I I started talking to my brother-in-law about guys that played baseball yesterday at Easter, and he made a good point and said that these baseball guys, these good high school players are going to college now because they can make more money in college than they can on the in the minor leagues. Try to get some NIL stuff? Yeah. yeah. So maybe there was some NIL stuff with these two guys that I know we always say golfers won't make that. The top ones can. The top ones can make some decent money NIL wise. Now, if there's not NIL, you know, regarding it, I think that part of it might be that the PGA Tour U is not a good enough reward for them to want to stay. I think that it might need to be a little more Secure. I mean, we saw the same thing with Ekro, you know, when he went to go play in some PGA Tour events instead of the Corn Ferry events that he was exempt for um, because he got the sponsors' invites into the PGA Tour events. 
I mean, it, he ended up, you know, now he's, you know, out of the reshuffle right now. You almost because, wonder with two guys in the top five electing not to go, if PGA Tour U does look at the reward and the incentive, and maybe, because the thing is, Corn Ferry Tour season ends in late summer, early fall, so you get guys coming out essentially June 1st right. after the national championships, and they've got a couple months to earn status. Maybe they look at it and say you get your Torn, Corn Ferry Tour card through the next Corn Ferry season, yeah. which would be a huge, huge difference if you got it for a whole nother and, season. And tell them that they're able to better their status at Corn Ferry Finals. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know? it's just, I don't know how they're going to look to tweak it, but I was pretty shocked uh, whenever that news came that, out last week. That could week. be part of it. Another part of it could be, you know, like Grease, I mean, not Greaser, uh, Sam Bennett. Mm-hmm. He, he was just saying, I want to graduate. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, that's part of it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, these guys are real guys. They Right. They spent all this time in school. They might just want to graduate. I think part of it is I'm just so used to everybody leaving early yeah. or hopping in the portal. I'm just so used to everybody doing everything except staying where they're at for <laughs> Not another Not everybody, year. just the top five guys yeah. only or top three. Yeah, exactly. Or but, even, I mean, even on the women's side, the uh, Alex Penko girl last week, yeah. I mean, she decides to turn professional at 17. You're just... Women's golf is different. Oh, I know. I know. But, I mean, you still get some players like Rose Zhang, Rachel Heck. I mean, they decided to go to Stanford. Right. By the way, Rachel Heck out of the Pac-12 tournament this week with, due to illness. Oh, very really? unfortunate. Very unfortunate. But, I mean, she'll still be back for regionals and nationals, you would think. So, uh, but, that's good. Good stuff. Yeah, I mean, great news for OSU next year, though. Oh, great news. I mean, unbelievable I mean, Chikara back is, is unbelievable. Uh, and, obviously, they're not totally foregoing their PGA Tour status. They're delaying it a year. Yeah. They'll, they'll still be... Uh, they're still... You would think they're still going to be good next year. You would think they would still be in the PGA Tour U top five next year. Yeah. Um, Chikara, a couple wins already. Bennett has a win this season and like six, I think four top fives and six appearances. Uh, so, yeah, both playing very well. Uh, let's talk about golf fashion. Sam, the okay. joggers, they're taking over. Brian Gay, Justin Thomas. Eric Van Royen was kind yep. of the first. He's right. done it for a long time. He briefly held the lead yesterday before he imploded a bit on Great the back stash. nine. Uh, gray stash, Eric Van Royen. Looks like the Monopoly guy. Yes, so, yeah. Eric Van Royen is kind if of the originator. Out. Yep. Uh, Justin Thomas wore him at the players. Yep. Got a little bit of pub whenever he wore him on that Saturday. I think I don't think it was the joggers that people didn't like. I don't think they liked the joggers icon mix. The jogger shoe combo. Yeah. The jogger shoe combo was tough. But now Brian Gay rolls him out. And now we have to decide. <laughs> Sam, we have to decide as a society. Yep. At what level do you have to reach in either the world ranking or just coolness factor? Because Morgan Hoffman was wearing them. He's co-owner of Grayson, which is the the maker of the joggers that these guys wear. How cool do you have to be? How high in the world do you have to be? What's the age limit on joggers? Brian Gay's 46 years old. We as a society, I think, need to lay some ground rules down for joggers. Well, I think society has already accepted joggers, I think so, too. I'm wearing joggers now. They're athletic, they're not golf, but yeah. Lululemon joggers or whatever kind of joggers you like to wear, you can wear those to a nice restaurant. I feel like people aren't going to say anything to yeah. you because they look nice, yeah. right? I think that, and you know me, I wear joggers all the time when it's yeah. a little chilly outside. I think it's a great play. They're more comfortable. They're better than slacks. You, you can wear those instead of jeans out. It's just more comfort. You have the um, elastic waistband. It's it is more comfortable, and I have always... Your pants don't get wet at the bottom. Well, I was just going to say, I've always disliked the way certain pants don't fit right around the tops of certain shoes. Yeah. Forever. 
Right. Joggers just totally eliminate that. They eliminate that problem. Because they're not problem. going over the shoes. 100%. I'm, I'm all in on joggers. I'm very pro-jogger. I was also very shocked to see Brian Gay roll out in joggers on Saturday. I was shocked to see that, too. I was like, I did a double take. I was like, is that, is that Brian Gay? <laughs> free in the ankle? I mean, good for him. Hey, but I'm all for, except for at Augusta National, don't wear shorts. But I'm I all for... Taylor Grish. I, yeah, I, I am all for people wearing whatever they want to the golf course. I mean, we I play golf out at Oak Tree. I can't remember the last time I tucked in a shirt. Oak Tree might have the most lax dress code in for the a country. nice course. Yeah. Yes. I mean, Oak Tree's desk dress but code is there is, anything better, Colby, than just going out to Chickasha or Hefner and just throwing on some gym shorts? And people people were giving JT crap. I think it's a great look to have the gym shorts or the joggers on and some nice golf shoes. It just proves that you're you're out there to have a good time and you're out there to grind a little bit. Yeah, it's a little bit of both. Best of both worlds. Yeah, I love it. A, it's like the old tuxedo t-shirt. We're trying to grow the game of golf. This is how you do it. Stop being so, you know, picky about yeah. what people wear. I'm with you. Let, I pe- think let that, people wear what they want to wear to play golf. Yeah, and, and, you know, Tiger, back in the day, mock turtlenecks. I will say, golf fashion has come a long way where now we're wearing skin-tight joggers and all the old highlights you see. Guy, I mean, guys my size, I'm 5'8", 140, are wearing 42, <laughs> by, pants. 42 by 38 golf <laughs> pants just whipping in the wind. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it, it was like that. Like I said, in all of society back then, yes. I mean, you had the double XL white tees. The you old know. NBA draft pictures. Oh, man, those oh, are beautiful. So good. Ben Wallace. When David when, Stern had to put the dress yes, code in. <laughs> so good. So, so good. Uh, all right. I want to wrap this up with a conversation y'all had yesterday on yeah. the radio. Uh, we took the baby to church for the first her first Easter, so enjoyed that. Y'all did held it down on the radio. Did you run the baby to church? We did not run the baby to church. Okay. We gently walked. <laughs> okay. Gently walked the baby <laughs> into church uh, and got some nice pictures while we were all dressed up best player without a major now i want to ask a question a clarifying question yes before i toss any answers out are we talking about guys who are like kind of young and I'll active you. okay, okay. G- give me the parameters so my question on the radio yesterday was the best player currently to have never won a major that means who do you think will win a major next Okay. 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 So that's the question I asked. So we're now not we talking talk, about we're not Colin talking Montgomery. About Colin Montgomery, Westwood, Ricky Fowler, any right. of those guys, right? Um, I mean, you could even go way back down the list on that. But, you know, for right now, I think that here's the list that I came up with. Okay. I mean, you have Xander, Hovland, Cam Smith, Cantlay, um, and then you have guys like Burns, Neiman, Berger, Finau, Gooch could even be considered in that conversation now. Um, but let's start with Xander, Colby. We'll go down the list, and I'll, and I'll kind of give you some background yep. on them in majors, and then we'll kind of decide at the end. And Xander give slumping your a little bit, but he had a few years where he was well, just steady. He has eight top seven finishes in 19 majors and a gold medal. Yep. That would probably be, if you're considering it as career achievement for these guys, right? Because we're not considering career achievement as far as like Lee Westwood, right. because I don't think that he we're, has. We're talking the about best like chance. we're talking about active players who are still good, right? Exactly. Yeah. So eight, and young, eight relatively top seven, young. Yeah, eight top seven finishes and nineteen majors and a gold medal. Yep. Okay, then we go to Hovland. Hovland has no top tens in major championships and still hasn't won in the continental United States. Yep. Okay, 
and he has a big glaring hole in his game if you want to even go analytics wise right. on it. Okay. Right. Um, and Chip, then chipping for chipping. those of you who've been under a rock for the last three years. <laughs> uh, and then Cam Smith. I mean, he's finished. Uh, he has four top tens in his last five Masters. Yeah. Unbelievable yep. golf. So o- if, only if, player to ever shoot if all the, four rounds in the sixties at Augusta if National. If the question is right before Augusta National, you probably have to say Cam Smith is the best player that hasn't won a major yet. Um, and you know he has three wins on the calendar year. So. We get to Cantlay. Now, Cantlay would probably be the odds-on favorite in this conversation, but let me tell I you think this. so. He's, num- he's sixth in the world, or at least was yesterday before. Fourth now. Fourth now. Okay, yep. whatever. Yeah, Spieth so, moved from 20th to 10th. Cantlay moved from 6th to 4th. Even better. Also, by the way, just because the official world golf rankings are weird and quirky and, and odd, Harris English, who's been out for months with a hip, hip injury, yep. moved from 25 to 22 this morning. Why? Uh, because it goes back two years, and, oh, okay. and other guys had points come off the books, gotcha. and Harris English didn't have any points come off the books. Great week. So he hasn't played in months, moved up three <laughs> spots in the OWGR. Solid week uh, by old Harry. Uh, so anyways, Cantlay, like you said, fourth in the world now. He he won the FedEx Cup, which is great. I mean, I think that that has to be definitely uh, a considering factor in this conversation. Also but he- overcame a six-shot deficit last summer at the Memorial. <laughs> okay, yeah, exactly. Uh, but he only has two top tens in 17 majors. Only two really? top tens in 17 major I championships. I would have guessed more than that. That's I would have guessed that's more than a that, too. tough track record. Okay. okay. So that's just talking about majors. Now, we get to Burns, Neiman, Berger, Finau, Gooch. I, I would probably... Those guys are a tier below. They are a tier below, but out of those guys, I would say that Burns tops that list. I don't me. know, man. Finau's been an Augusta guy. He's, no, got, I'm a, talking, he's got a few top tens in there. Okay, well, then you have to adjust what the question is. Now, Finau's probably had close, but, I mean, Burns has won just as much as Finau has. Uh, Yeah, Burns has won more times on more the PGA Tour than Tony yes, Finau has. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And so, but what I'm saying is Finau might might has had the better career so far, but Burns, I think, would top the list as far as who I think would win at Southern or, or St. Andrews. Yeah, you're or, probably right. Or the country yeah. club. He'd probably be higher and, and on the who wins next list. I would even put Neiman above Finau. I would definitely put Berger above Finau. And, and Gooch, obviously, I'm putting on this list just because he's – you know, top 10 in the FedEx Cup right now and hasn't won a major. He's, he's having he, a great he season. He deserves to be on this list. He's having a great so season. So what I'm saying is I'd probably throw out Finau, throw out Berger. I think he hits it too low to win a major championship. I think that Neiman and Burns are so young that I think that they have a good chance. Um, but my over overall thoughts on this conversation are it's the first time in a long time now with Scotty Scheffler winning the Masters where there's no overwhelming favorite, number one. And number two, I can't pick out one guy on this list that I would pick to win multiple majors. Yeah, that's a good point. Not because they're not good enough, because the competition is so much better than it has been. Yeah, it's like, you know, you look at the best players on that list. Patrick Cantlay, obviously, with the FedEx Cup. Very, very rarely contends in majors. Like you said, two top tens. Victor Hovland. Great player. Reached his highest third in the world. Hasn't contended in a he, He's fifth in the world now. Zero top tens career in majors. I mean, the way he's been playing, I might go Cam Smith. Cam Smith R- is... Right now. I, right now, guys who have good resumes, are young, and have chances to win upcoming majors, who haven't won one, I think I would go Cam. See, I would. it would come down to Cantlay, Cam Smith, or Xander. Take your pick. Yep. Xander's in a little bit of a slump, but I mean, Xander's still Xander. He's going to find it. But I think that Xander has the best 
career so far of these guys. Yes. Xander has been really good at U.S. Opens. He's been argue, good at Augusta. You could argue Cantlay was player standing. of the year. Yes. You know, yep. Cantlay's just, like I'm talking about, we're talking about majors right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he his, his track record at majors is not great. <sighs> to me, I would have to probably go Xander, but Cam Smith is right there. It just depends on the course. Yeah, true. Cam's been great at Augusta, obviously. Cam, but the, I don't know. The I thing think... about Cam is you can look at it one of two ways with Cam. You can look at it as far as he has experience in contention, or you can look at it as far as he hasn't gotten it done in contention. Yeah, true. So, I think I would lean experience. Yeah, I would too. Uh, and getting getting the win at the players, I think, was big for him. Big confidence boost. Uh, won at the at Kapalua. I think St. Andrews could fit him pretty well, too. Oh, 100%. I, I think Cam's definitely going to be a, a ringer coming into the week at St. Andrews. The way he puts it, any course fits him. I'm just saying, as far as against these guys, man, it, to me, like at, at Southern Hills, I would probably like Xander over Cam Smith. I probably would, too. Just because just I think the Cam, course fits their game. I think Cam will get himself in a little bit too much trouble off the tee yeah. at Southern. And, and you can get yourself in some bad spots. It's sneaky. To where you, it's sneaky hard off, the but he team. but he could also just he could also just gain two strokes a day putting on exactly. those Perry Maxwell monsters exactly. and go out and contend. And can't lay the the Southern fits his game great too. Yeah, now, I think so too. Man, it's it's just tough. I I think it comes down to those three guys. There's no overwhelming favorite to me. If I had to choose, I'd probably choose Cantley. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, or, I mean, or just, Xander. I mean, it, I just said Xander a second ago. Yep. Now I'm saying Cantley. I yep. just don't know. I feel like. If the question is who has had the best career, then it's Xander. Yes. If the question yes. is who Xander's I, the most he has the mo- he has the best resume at majors to this point of those guys yeah. we just listed. Yeah. It, but at the Masters, it would be Cam Smith. Yes. And then Cantlay. I mean, he would have an argument because he won a FedEx Cup. Yes. Who has the better career, and he's ranked higher in the world than any of these guys. Mm-hmm. And so, if the question is who's going to win at Southern Hills out of these guys. I'd probably have to go Xander or Cantlay, and I'd have to make a game-time decision. Of those guys, just for Southern, I'd probably go Cantlay. A couple of runner-ups this yep. year, but he knows how to win. He proved it last year, and I think the course fits his game yep. pretty well. So, But just another conversation where we realize how many elite guys there are in the game of golf. I mean, those are some elite guys who haven't gotten it done yet. So yep. um, I would imagine that by the end of this season – one of those guys we just talked so about will have a major. On your tier list, would you have Scheffler, obviously, Rom, JT? Is there anyone else? Morikawa. Morikawa. Okay. Morikawa. I, yeah. I would agree with that. Um, obviously, I'm not looking at a list right now, but um, I think that to me, there's tier one, and this would be like 1B. I don't think it's even yeah. tier two. Yeah, no, I you think know, you're right. Because it, it's. Because tier one are those guys you've talked about that have majors Scheffler, Morikawa, Rom. Rory, JT, DJ, th- yeah. those guys kind of tier one. DJ, to me, is tier two right now. Maybe right now. Maybe yeah. right now. But, but when I he's still, playing well. Maybe this is just me. So would you? Would this be tier two and, and that, like, DJ and Rory would be, like, tier one B? Maybe, yeah, I like that better. I like that because the guys who are accomplished at majors, multiple-time major champions, yeah. I mean, we've got guys who've won multiple majors in Rory McIlroy, Dustin Johnson, Jordan Spieth, Brooks Kepka, multiple-time major winners. Those resumes yeah, speak it, for themselves. A lot of it depends on how you ask the question because yes. you can go career-based or yeah. playing well right now-based. Yeah, no doubt. So, All right, good stuff. We're back uh, later in the week to preview the Zurich. Some fun teams at the Zurich. We got Morikawa Hovland, Leishman, and Cam trying to defend from last year. Uh, Sergio Garcia, Tommy Fleetwood, Scotty Scheffler, and Ryan Palmer 
Ryan Palmer is the greatest recruiter of all time. This is the week we get it back in the one and done. Somebody's college football program needs to hire Ryan Palmer because he's now teamed up with Jordan Spieth, Joan Rahm, and Scotty Scheffler at the (laughs) Zurich. So Ryan Palmer's doing something right. Uh, Horschel, Burns, Xander, and Cantlay are teamed up this week at the Zurich. So a lot of good stuff. We'll break it all down later in the week. Thanks, everybody, for listening once again to the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma.